Greetings and welcome to April. We are DCB across social media. Uh, that's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Discord. We're going to have an interview with uh, Will Bruder and John Harahan from Port City Brewing Company later in the show. As always, I am Jake, and we're going to start with Brandy. Mike, what are you guys drinking? Hey, everybody. Hey, gang. Brandy, what are you drinking? Sorry, uh, I cut you off, Mike. No, I don't want to interrupt Mike. Mike, you, you, man, you're tired, boo. You better tell everybody what you're drinking because you deserve that fucking beer. Well, it's, it has been a long day. Yeah. And so to celebrate, I am drinking Chimbley Sweep, a Schwartz beer lager from Blue Jacket. And it's right in my sweet spot, 4% alcohol by volume. So to steal an old phrase, it's the beer to have when you're going to have more than one. <laughs> uh, 4, 4% ABV. So you can have a few and still, you know, get the laundry folded, take the trash out, walk the dogs, whatever you need to, whatever adulting you forgot while you were enjoying your, your black lager, you can still do it after your, your wonderful beer from Blue Jacket. What are you drinking, Brandy? That actually reminds me to adult. I need to go take take out the trash right now and the recycling <laughs> for pickup tomorrow. Uh, and That's right. I, for, for Brandy and I, Wednesday's trash day, recycling day. We are recording this on Tuesday. And I have zero desire to. It's just me, so there's not much trash and recycling, so I probably might just skip it. We'll see. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> I am currently, when I just got home, Drink. I'm drinking a left hand, which I haven't had a left hand beer in a while. And I have a lot of friends who love left hand. Uh, my friend Frank, shout out to Frank, loves left hand. I haven't had a left hand beer in a while. And I don't remember who gave me this. I feel like one of you guys, one of you brought over, <laughs> some, somebody brought me this. Um, it is a peanut butter milk stout. And I don't usually like milk stouts. I don't fuck with that, but I'm not mad about it. But I was just at Red Bear earlier tonight on a date, which turned out really well. Um, and I had a West Coast IPA, the Taste Like Flannel from Red Bear. And it was honestly really phenomenal. And um, it was nice having a non-hazy, beautiful, clear, crisp IPA. So um, yeah, that was my night. That's what I've been drinking. Um, but this left-hand beer is Pretty damn good. What is it? Six point two. Yeah, it's not bad. It's super peanut buttery. I don't know. I don't know if I can drink the whole thing, but we'll see. It's it's pretty good though. But it's Easter appropriate. Peanut butter, the chocolate, the stout. Yeah, Perfect it works for out. Easter. Yeah. Jake, what you got going on? Well, first I just want to shout out to um Ro Gunzel over at Blue Jacket. Stein's drinking his beer. He used to work at Left Hand, and Brandy, you're drinking that. So hey. what a cool coincidence. Too anyway. bad no one's drinking um, DC Brow right now because Mike works at DC Brow. That's true. We, we could have had like a full circle-ish. Fish was drinking. so close. <laughs> wop wop. <laughs> anyway, I'm drinking The Fallen, which is also billed as a West Coast IPA. It is a collaboration between One Family Brewing, probably coming not so soon to Loudoun County, just north of Wheatland Spring. They did a collaboration with Dynasty last fall, utilizing the Virginia hop harvest. That was like a so like a fresh hop fall harvest IPA. So here's a collab with Funk Brewing out of Pennsylvania. Um, it's billed as West Coast IPA. Stein, Brandy, and I, when we recorded this, we're on video. 
This is not a West Coast IPA in terms of its turbidity or SRM, as the beer geeks say. It doesn't um, look like it. It's hazy AF. Yeah, it is. It's still tasty. And um, look for One Family Brewing. Um, shout out to David. Getting their permits. Um, Going to be utilizing Loudoun County's finest well water and such. Big things come late 2021, 2022. But before we jump back into a conversation and such about the latest DC and DMV beer happenings, we're going to jump into an interview with Will Bruder, area sales manager uh, over at Port City, and one of their brewers, John Harahan, talking mostly hazy IPA, as you know, Port City's famed for, but also, of course, a little bit of lager and some um, human resources news out of Port City as well. So go ahead and take a listen to that. Welcome. I'm here with Brewer from Port City, John Hanrahan, and Area Director of Sales, Area Sales Manager, Will Bruder. Um, thank you all, for both of you, for being on the podcast. Much appreciated. Hey, guys. How you doing? Thanks for having us on. Hey, what's up? This is Will Bruder, uh, Area Sales Manager. Thanks, Jake, for having us on. Uh, super excited to chat about what we got coming up and uh, just beer in general. I figured that we jump right in to Q&A. Port City made a hazy IPA. Why? Because it's 2021 and what is it, what is this world? Uh, yeah, well, you're absolutely right, man. It's 2021. Anyone who's familiar with the hazy IPA style, it's, it's delicious. It's refreshing. It's full of hops, but, you know, uh, lacking all that bitterness. So, yeah, of course, we wanted to make it hazy, you know. Yeah, and we really... we. We do a lot of planning and preparation for, you know, being a large production brewery. We have the next year's calendar pretty much all set already. So this just happened to be the, the right time for us to uh, to start experimenting. Um, we knew we wanted to to make just a really we wanted to to really evaluate all this all the samples in the market and just see where the style was going to land over time. Um, and I think that what we have produced and how the brewers and our lab manager and Adam and all of them, they really started getting pretty geeky about it. You know, if anyone out there listening is interested in reading a little bit more about like water chemistry that goes into making hazy IPAs, then I highly recommend uh, Scott Janish's book, uh, The New IPA. A lot of good info in there that kind of breaks down, you know, just where the style is now. And I think we created a pretty, in true Port City fashion, a really damn good representation of of where the style has landed. I thought you just take a swig there, Jake. So what do you think? Yeah, this is, I would say, a very nice example of the style. I'm going to go ahead and shout out to Scott Janish over at Sapwood Brewing in uh, Columbia, Maryland, co-founder, co-owner, friend of DC Beer. Uh, you should go check out one of his hazies. They just did a collab with Bissell Brothers out of Maine called Book Learning. That's all about um, Scott's fancy, nerdy beer chemistry, hoppy ways and such. But I think, Will, you really touched on two things here that I'd like to expand on. One is that I mean, Port City is really known as being very methodical in planning in terms of having things mapped out, um, where the brewery wants to go. My favorite recent example of this is that um, Colossal X is a barley wine. That beer was in planning for over two years, so much so that Port City, you all handed over the grain bill recipe to Catoctin Creek so that they can make a whiskey with that grain bill. 
so it could be ready for release at the same time as Colossal X, the beer. To me, like that really sort of like distills like the, that was no pun intended on distill, by the way, um, the port city uh, ethos in terms of having stuff planned out and stuff thought out. You also mentioned here sort of like the, the competition in terms of local hazies and also the brands that Port City is going to see on a shelf, say something like Sierra Nevada's Hazy Little Thing, uh, Dogfish Head's Hazios. I'm shouting out those two because I think those are two really good examples of the style. What was that sort of R&D process like in terms of tasting the competition, in terms of making sure that you've got this hazy beer here that has some modicum of shelf stability? Yeah, I'll let I'll let John uh, touch on his kind of process with the R and D and piloting batches. Sierra Nevada's hazy little something is definitely a you know shining example. I, I just had Star Hills example Sonic Haze uh, that was pretty tasty. Had that over the weekend, and you know we're not we're no, no stranger to making hazy beer. You know if you think about it, when you think of optimal wit, a lot of stable haze in there. Uh, John, I'll let you go. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right. I mean, we did a lot of research with regards to, you know, tasting what's out in the market. What ended up happening was we've made the greatest hazy IPA in the history of the world, right? <laughs> so, yeah, with regards to something like Optimal Wit, you know, that's it's a Belgian white ale, which is classically hazy from the, you know, wheat and oats and we basically took a similar grain bill to that, bumped it up, got it close to 7% alcohol. And um, yeah, we, we piloted this uh, quite a few times, really experimenting with uh, hops. So we wanted, you know, we, we knew what we were getting from the malt because it was very similar malt to wit. And so, yeah, the R&D was all about hops. So that was getting that just right. Yeah, you guys went through a bunch of different pilots, right? Was it four or five? Yeah, it was um, probably four or five. We started with just doing basic Citroen Mosaic, their little pilot system. We didn't even get all grain. We just stole some wort from a wit uh, batch and boiled that and threw in some hops and were experimenting that way. And then one of our hop suppliers offered a new hop that's a new varietal that's being tested that's supposed to be kind of grown just for hazy so we tried some of that we tried el dorado and uh we ended up using all those hops um at different times in the process so we're yeah i think we're we're very happy with the way it turned out excellent um that makes me feel like i have somewhat of a refined palate as to me like it is very identifiably a citra mosaic beer um it's like the in the sense, the hazy IPAs now classics. That's like more like one of the new classic combos. Uh, yeah, Jake. There's also some Idaho Seven in there, um, which is personally a favorite hop in recent years. I'll pull back to when I was a uh, sellerman at Right Proper, and Crosby hops came in, and they were um, there were some salespeople from Crosby that came in, and they were trying to they were selling. Uh, just a bunch of hops, and that was the first time I had ever rubbed some Idaho Seven in my hands. And the incredible peachy aroma that came through from that, from rubbing that hop together was unlike anything I had ever smelled from a, from a hop. Uh, so it was really cool. And then I, I had examples in the market of, you know, some Idaho seven beers, but none of them really exemplified that character. 
but I, you know, I, I know I'm a little biased, but I am getting it on this beer, uh, which is pretty cool. Oh, and I don't know how long it's taken me forever to crack this thing. So we got live on air beer tastings. I guess um, a question for John in particular is, did you all test the shelf stability of this? Like, did you all bottle any of those pilot batches and then like let it sit for a month or so just to see how it would shake out? Yeah, so we didn't bottle any of the pilots. It's our, our pilot system is very, very tiny, so it wasn't really wouldn't really work well. I mean, we in theory could have, but what we ended up doing was we we kegged it all, and a few of the kegs we let sit around for a while and see how things settled out. So if you're getting draft of the hazy, it's going to arrive the same way, or at least to the wholesaler, the same way wit arrives, which is the keg is stored upside down. So when it goes to on-premise, you know, gets flipped right side up, gravity, whatnot. So things aren't too settled out on the draft side. On the bottle side, we have a warm and cold stored library of all the beers that we bottle. So we always go back and, uh, you know, run tests on those bottles and see what's going on. So as a new beer, we're definitely going to be looking at shelf stability and our lab manager, Crystal, is going to be working on a lot of that. With regards to the pilots, a lot of it was done in the keg, but um, we're going to continue to monitor that in the bottles we go forward. Does this mean that you all have uh, the hop contracts locked down or do you foresee this being somewhat rotational in terms of you've got the grain bill and you might mess around here and there with a couple other hop additions come, say, the next batch of this, perhaps this time next year? Yeah, so we've already brewed the second batch of this, so we're, we're making more of it for this year. So we have all the hops laid out for this year. And then with regards to next year, I mean, I'm expecting this beer to become the number one selling beer in the whole world because it's so good. Uh, so we'll have to lock down as many hops as we can. But uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see with next year. Um, we're always looking forward and trying to figure out what we need and whatnot. So yeah, we'll, we'll make sure we have everything we have and everything we need on hand. So Will, uh, John's through, he's throwing down the gauntlet here. Is this for you? Is this a top three hazy? You know, something I've always admired is is John's modesty. It certainly is, though. Honestly, when I when I first tasted it, having known all the thought that went into it, my eyebrows raised. So that was, that's always a a very very good sign. You know, I'm loving it. I wouldn't I won't compare. I won't I won't say you know this beer is better than any other beer, but it's a damn good representation of the style. So the overwhelming trend is to can hazies. You all do have a canning line that we know from the lager series that we all know and love. So it seems like a very deliberate choice um, to zag when everyone else zigs and have this in bottles. Can you talk a bit about that decision and why that came about? Yeah, we're super proud. So all of our glass comes from the Recycle Center down in Tolano. That's not the reason that we bottled this. The reason we bottled it is because it's in our limited release series. And so all of those, just when you think about, you know, from from us, the supplier, getting it to our distributor, we have a bunch of paperwork that gets submitted really just to keep it, keep everything in line. We know we wanted the pricing to be aligned with our limited release series. So all of those little things went into it. We knew that we could get really, really low dissolved oxygen in our bottles with our bottling line. And that'll help 
preserve the hop aroma and the flavor for time to come since it is going out into distribution. And we might not have, you know, total control over, say, it sitting on a warm shelf versus a cold uh, storage box. So there are a bunch of different factors that all went into it. And yeah, I think that, that that's pretty much it. Excellent. Excellent. I do want to jump away from the hazy for a minute and into um, one of my personal favorites, the Port City Lager series. I think this is, in terms of where my pandemic beer money has gone, it's been a pretty consistent supply of the Port City Lagers. So I'm going to pose this question to each of you. What are your favorites out of this series and why? And please don't tell me that you love all your children equally because I have two. And yeah, I love them equally, but you know what I'm saying. (laughs) So good timing. One of my favorites is coming up. We should be at the time of this um, going live. We should have it out in the market. Uh, It's the Mexican dark lager. Yeah, that is a primo Mexican dark lager. Um, I would say that's my favorite in the whole series. I know Mike Stein right now, as he listens to this, he's probably like, how did he not say Franconian Keller beer? Because Mike texted me like two weeks ago. He's like, hey, when's this coming out again? I mean, I need it. I need it in my life. John, what about you? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm right there with you with the, uh, the Mexican dark lager and the Keller beer is my personal favorite. I've been begging people to, uh, you know, I've, I've been trying to convince people within Port City to brew more of this beer. Uh, I, I've personally guarantee that I'll, I'll drink five barrels of this beer myself this year because I love Keller beer so much. But will you pay for five barrels? Yeah, I'll do it. <laughs> I'll pay for five barrels. I'll pay for three barrels. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, Oktoberfest is another fair of mine. I, I really like sticking with the kind of darker, maltier but still clean and refreshing of our lagers. But I mean, I love Hellas too and German pills and downright. So yeah, they're all great, but I lean towards the Keller and I lean towards the Oktoberfest. Yeah. I was all in on Mexican dark. I do like the darker maltier ones. Um, then right up until the German pills and the Rauch Mersen came out, the running joke around here is that everyone in DC who actually likes a smoked beer, works in some capacity for DC beer. And so we have a very um, self-inflated sense of what the market for smoked beers is. So much so that um, I think I've got maybe about half a case of the Ralph Marzen left, just so that I I figure like in a, in a can, in the fridge, um, it's not it's not going anywhere. There won't be much in terms of deterioration whenever I need like that, that, smoke, that smoky fix. Um, it'll, it'll be there. But yeah, shout out to uh, that one, Mexican Dark, which is coming out. That was the first one of my 2020 pandemic where I, my taste buds went, oh, wow. And then uh, the, the German Pills, GABF, meddling, winning beer and such. Jake, the, the Rauk will be back around in October. So we got you then. Uh, that's, been, that's probably one of the most fun beers in the series. I think this will be the fourth year that we put it out. The first year, I remember it was, it required a lot of hand selling in the market, a lot of educating people on what smoked beer is, the history behind it, the tradition. But then the second year, it just kind of, it started take, it started, you know, it grew its legs for sure. And then the third year, it just flew. So I love that people are, people are, are taking to the style because that's one of the things that, 
really got me interested in beer in the first place, just how many different styles there are and the traditions, you know, surrounding those styles and just the history and the origins and the different styles around the world. That's the beautiful part about beer. So, you know, working for a brewery that at the end of this year, we will have made 24 different styles of beer. Um, and that's not including our, our uh, core year round beers. So we're making over 30 beers, you know, which is fantastic. We're going to take a break from beer and talk about everyone's favorite brewery company topic, human resources. You all are down, uh, both Jonathan Reeves and um, as of like this last week, Emma Quinn, who does marketing. What's it look like in terms of the democracy of the Port City brew house? Uh, is, is Adam Reza sort of, is he taking over Jonathan's position? What are we going to see in terms of um, the people at Port City who both make and sell beer coming up? Before I let John get into this, just to, just to interject for a quick second, I don't want to talk about the brewing team or anything, um, but even before I was with the company and just the appreciation that we all have for Emma and, and, uh, and Jonathan, you know, definitely two employees that have uh, laid a lot of bricks and, and had a lot of building blocks. So good luck to them in their future endeavors. Losing Emma and Jonathan is, you know, it's tough. Emma's uh, the voice of our social media and, you know, marketing and events. And, you know, Jonathan has done so much for, you know, getting us to where we are. And we wish them both the best. And uh, I don't know if I answered your question, but I'm not human resources. So uh, it's not really my field of expertise. But, yeah, they're they're both great. I, I consider them both very good friends. Love them both. And they're both awesome. Yeah, COVID has definitely had an impact on on the brewery. You know, we all, everyone made adjustments when this all first happened. That being said, um, it is good to see you all surviving and thriving. We're going to bring this interview to a close now. Thank you, Will. Um, again, area sales. Uh, and thank you to Brewer, John Harahan. Welcome back to Virginia, John, by the way. Um, for those of you who don't know, um, he was at Port City, then left. And he liked it so much here that he came back, which I think is really cool. They're hazy IPA. You heard from these folks. Um, Citra, Mosaic, Eldorado, Idaho 7. Experimental stuff. I'm drinking it right now. It will not surprise you all to um, learn that Port City has made another very tasty beer. I think this one is a keeper. My only complaint is that I go places where glass isn't allowed. And so I'll have to sneak this one in. We'll figure it out. All right. Um, will... John, thank you very much. Um, please, both of you, say goodbye. Yeah, the brew house was missing its Tom Waits when he left. Uh, so, yeah, <laughs> welcome back, man. Thanks for having us, Jake. What's up to the rest of the DC beer crew? Brandy and, and Mike and Richard, thanks again. Yeah, this was a blast. Yeah, I, uh, I, I do love my Tom Waits. Thanks for having us on. Appreciate it. And thanks again. Dude, I'm, man, I miss Will. Will Bruder used to be my boo, not actually boo, like technical boo, but like, right. He was awesome. And he used to work at right proper, right proper. That's right. And that's how I met Will Bruder, Will Bruder, man. He, he just brought people. He was like, Hey, what's up? You want some beer? (laughs) I was like, yeah. (laughs) 
Will's cool. How, yeah. how is Will doing? Will That's is so cool doing. That you guys yeah. interview him. Will is doing quite well. Actually, I saw him briefly in person so that he could drop off um, some Port City samples. Thank you again, Will. Uh, it was always a pleasure to see him. I once took my entire family to Whole Foods on 8th Street Northeast just so that we could all sit down and like hang out with Will as he sold passerby raised by wolves and such. Yeah. And he was at right proper. He's just a gem of a human being. And his very so large cool. dog. Large dogs are, that's just the way to my heart. So And rabbits. Yeah, and rabbits too. <laughs> good, good stuff. Well, so cool. I just I haven't seen him in so long. That's so cool that you got to sit down with him. So, yeah. Y'all, Will's so cool. He's He, he knows his shit. So, yeah. So, anyway, um, Emma Quinn and Jonathan Reeves, both formerly of Port City. Jonathan Reeves, now at Beltway. Thank you both for your service. And now, for a brief discussion of the various whales that you could order via mail, direct from a brewery shipped into D.C., um, we had people sort of like adding us on Twitter and like it was mentioned also on IG comments. Hey, when is Trillium going to come to DC? Or I really like loggers. Mm, it's great that we have Dovetail. When Suarez coming to DC? Well, now both here. Mike? Here they go. Do we whales care? In, whale, whales coming in the mails. <laughs> we- we care. We absolutely care. You know, a few years ago, uh, Aaron Morrissey wrote a piece for Washington City Paper about the whales of our time. And he had another piece about, if you like this, try that. And I think with these whales that we're getting in now, people know them by their name. The question ultimately is, does their name, does the hype stand up to the product in the glass? So I will say I bought a couple cases of Dovetail beer a few months ago. I just went in on a half a case of uh, Suarez, the Suarez family uh, brewery shipping out of New York. And so basically it, it was not cheap. I think it was 75 bucks for half a case, including shipping, uh, which sounds like crazy expensive. But when we did the math, it was like, I don't know, between five and six bucks a can, something like that. Right. So like if you walk into a beer store and you saw something for like five, six bucks a can that was rare or, you know, like well hyped in Suarez's case, I think well deserving of the hype. You'd buy it, right? I'd buy it. Yeah. Brandy would buy it. I mean, five, five, six bucks. I mean, (laughs) so I hope that Erica is going to be on the show soon. I'm hoping to interview yes. her soon. Erica's my girl. Erica. Erica Goodrich, owner of the Craft Beer Cellar. Yes, Craft Beer Cellar on 8th Street. That's my girl. And I met her because I used to work at a distillery in D.C. and used to do tastings there. And then even after that, when I did tastings with, like, Denizens, I, like, kept in touch with Erica. She every Everyone. Everyone loves Erica. She is the coolest chick but if you walked in into her store and asked her anything, you could be like, "Oh, I don't, I like, I like this and this and this," and then she would fucking make it happen. And she, I feel like she's one of those people who brings people together, and just not any people, but people who want specific things, people who love booze, and she just brings that shit together. I love. I love that. And so, and she also, her store, she brings in really cool, not rare stuff sometimes, but she brings in stuff that the people want. So, yeah. 
Yeah, so I think Erica has really has her finger on the pulse of what people want. She's always trying to bring that in. That being said, you know, some people have uh, personal shoppers. If you are a, a fan of, uh, you know, Versace or the House of Gucci, you might spend uh, thousands, <laughs> tens, tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of dollars what for a curated doing? shopping list. No. Here, Erica Goodrich is giving away the recommendations, the personal shopping for free. So I really feel like she is a gem, you know, just hide a gem in the rough. And she brings people together the way Will Bruder does. Yeah. So shout out to Erica and Will. Beer brings people together. And five, five or six bucks for something that's really good, really rare. That's, I would spend that in a heartbeat. I do. So I don't have the means by which to do it, but I fucking do it. So, because it makes me happy, you know. What else do we have going on? <laughs> yeah, I mean, years ago, I'm going to say 10 years ago, Greg Kitsock, when he was writing for uh, the Washington Post, said beer is a luxury that most people can afford. And that still remains the case. You know, when I'm looking at the Suarez family, I'm like, ah, oh, six bucks a can. You know, pre-pandemic, it was like $10 was the new $5 beer, right? Like you go to a draft at a swanky place or, or somewhere in D.C., maybe downtown, maybe on U, off U Street. And, you know, you'd have like a draft that was $7.50 or $8.50. Well, you're going to tip. And obviously, you're, you're over 10 bucks by the time you pay for one, one draft beer, not at happy hour, you know? All right. So we just big up Suarez. <laughs> but we didn't really talk about Trillium. Mm, and I've been me, at Trillium. Yeah, Trillium is an interesting one because both on Twitter and Instagram, Trillium mentions that they were only going to ship to DC three four packs, meaning like 12 beers at a time. And they cited DC regulations about that. But there are no such DC regulations like Stein. You just you had two cases of dovetail sent to DC. Guilty. It's no problem. Other people have done the same thing with like the veil or tired hands or equilibrium or any number of the other out of market breweries. Uh, I guess equilibrium is kind of sort of in market now that come in. Where is Trillium getting this from? How come if I wanted Trillium's, you know, double dry hop hazies, some of which I think are really good. What's up with this? Well, you're asking the hardest question. Yeah. You're asking the hardest question, which is why, right? So let's let's state the facts. They're coming here to DC. You can buy them direct to consumer shipping from the state fine state of Massachusetts to the fine, hopefully, 51st state of the District of Columbia. Mm-hmm. Why 12? We don't know why 12. Was that just, you know, one of the owner's uh, interpretation of the law? Did their legal team, you know, say they needed to hedge their sales and this was a safe way to do it? Or were they just like, hey, 12 is what we're going to send. And that's what we're going to send. And uh, we didn't need an excuse for for a limit. (laughs) I don't know. You know, there's a number of scenarios. But either way, what we do know is they're coming. You can only get 12. Deal with it. Yeah. You get what you get, and you don't get upset. As every elementary teacher knows. <laughs> That's right. You get what you get, and you don't get upset. So We can shut it down. Yeah, we could. You're not, you're not going to share with your class? You get zero. That's right. I hope you brought enough gun for everybody. We could turn this car right around. We're going to get off of this, and but before we sign off, Brandy, please tell your friends in the hospitality business 
the breweries, the distilleries, the bars, the restaurants, what to do and what not to do with their heaters <laughs> as the weather gets warmer and as we all flock outside amid vaccinations. And of course, we're still being careful, right? Don't fuck this up. Yes. No. So that's the thing. I will say, I mean, I have no voice <laughs> in this, but with me and I know Mike has been the most careful, you know, I have been, I'm an extrovert 1000%. And if I wouldn't have even remotely had my little pod, the tiny pod that I had, and then still done beer share, but out like outdoor beer share, we were safe. Like, you know, we, we were, we didn't share glasses. We were pretty far apart from each other between Jake and, and Richard and Greg and stuff. But I'm, I'm, a, I'm an extrovert through and through. And I know that mental health has been really hard for everyone during this time. And some people have dealt with it better than others. Some people are just kind of prone to being by themselves. But for those of us who want to go out and still went out despite the cold there I've been to many breweries when it was freezing during the winter just to go out there are a lot of places a lot of businesses breweries and distilleries or what have you who think that this is there I mean there is a, a light at the end of the tunnel there is but I think it's a little too soon to get there Yes, people are getting vaccinated and the weather's getting nicer. So you don't necessarily have to have heaters out or what have you, but there is going to be a second wave. We all know it. <laughs> I have lupus. Mike Stein has autoimmune. We, we need to be careful. And there are many, many of us who are getting vaccinated. And I'm trying, I'm not trying to be like political and like crazy, but I know a lot of my friends who own breweries are like, oh, I'm just going to try to sell the heaters and like try to offload some stuff. Just be cool. Wait it out. There's going to like, we all got to get together. <laughs> We're going to get through this together. There's going to be a second wave. Just be safe. And if you're not vaccinated, still wear a mask when you go out. And if you're vaccinated, hang out with each other, be good and drink beer. And if you're drinking all the good beer, tag us and let us know. And, you know, we don't get to go out. We don't go out much anymore. So tag us if you have something good and like, you know, let us know. We'd love to. It's like we were vicariously living through all of you guys too. So yeah, just be safe still, despite all of this. Well said. Right? Yeah. And if yeah. You, again, if you're going to tag us, that's <laughs> absolutely at, at DC, DC Beer. Beer. Facebook, yeah. Twitter, Instagram, Discord, once we get that back up and running or whatever it is that we do over there. It makes me feel connected to humans, even though, you know, yes. I'm not. We are social <laughs> so, creatures. Anyway, yes. thank you all for listening. Thank you, John and Will over at Port City. Whoop, whoop. Yeah, and we'll be back again. Happy 10 years. Happy 10th yes. anniversary, Port City. Yay. Thanks for all the beer. That's right. That's so, it's so awesome. You guys Ten are crushing it. colossal years. Yeah. <laughs> Cheers to Mike Stein. Cheers to Jake Jacob Berg. Cheers to cheers all to the people you. in cheers the DC beer community. I love you guys. And you know what? We love you. We're getting there. We're, we're going to start we're drinking with each other. Yeah. 
guys, we got vax, this. Vax me up, beer me down. Let's let's drink some drafts. <laughs> cheers. All right. On cheers. that note, everybody, right. we will talk to you all later. Thank you. Uh, be safe. On be that well. Note, peace.